If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor, and it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection, and I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. I am so glad you've joined us today. Today we are talking all about this subject of rejection. Ugh, none of us like this topic, but a lot of us feel it and a lot of us are terrified of it. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to handle the three different types of rejection. Rejection from family, rejection from friends, and rejection from our tribe or our society what to do with that fear of not being accepted. There is so much great content in this episode, and I share with you how I have learned through years of being an out-of-the-box thinker and someone who never went with the status quo, how I have learned to handle rejection and some tools that I can give you that will really help you navigate those moments when you feel that tension of possibly being rejected when you need to speak your truth. I have loved this week specifically connecting with our Facebook group. If you're not in that group, we would love to have you a part. You can opt in by going to my website, justajesusfollower.com backslash podcast backslash podcast group. You can opt in there. And if you like this show, if you are enjoying it so far, we would love your support and you can support very easily. You can support by sharing this episode, sharing this show with a friend And you can also go to iTunes and rate us and review and subscribe. Those are easy ways to support this podcast and the work we do here. As always, I love hearing from you. I welcome your feedback and your questions and your comments. And if you have something that you want to ask, or maybe you'd even like me to talk about on the show, reach out to me. You can find me on my website, justajesusfollower.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram. I respond to all of my DMs there, and it is really fun getting to talk with you guys through that platform. So I would love to hear from you. All that being said, we have a great show today, and I can't wait to dig in. So without any further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking all about rejection. We're going to talk about family rejection, friend rejection, rejection that we feel from our tribe or our society. And I know some of you already are having a mild anxiety attack because 
I said the word rejection and you're already freaking out because there's something in your mind that pops up that makes you feel all yucky and uncomfortable just with that word. My friend, take a deep breath. Breathe easy. I promise you by the end of this episode, you are going to have so many tools in your tool belt that we are going to tackle this thing and you are going to feel so empowered by the time we're done. So breathe easy. This is not a scary topic. In fact, the more I think we expose things that scare us, the less scary they become. And for some reason, rejection is this weird, hidden struggle that so many of us deal with, but we're like ashamed to talk about. And I'm not sure where that comes from, but I know that all of us feel it. So this is a universal thing to all of us. So by no means am I coming at this as one who has completely mastered the art of handling rejection. Rejection sucks and it hurts. And there are days when it kicks my ass, but I promise you that Having lived some of the life I've lived, which has included bucking the status quo and pushing the boundaries ever since I learned how to speak, I have definitely learned how to coexist with the feeling of rejection. And I'm going to talk about that and I'm going to share with you how I have learned to power through rejection and speak my truth and find my own voice. And I think when you're able to, even like half the time, be able to do that. I think that's a huge victory. Okay. So we're going to talk about the three different types of, <clears throat> of rejection. And as I mentioned before, it's the rejection that you can feel from your family. It's the rejection you can feel at times from your friends. And it's the rejection that you can feel at times from your tribe, from the group that you belong to. Now, before we shame ourselves for dealing with rejection, Let's just get to the basics of this thing inside of us that is paranoid and terrified of getting rejected. We are wired to protect ourselves from being rejected. We have survived by being society pleasers and from belonging to tribes. Ever since the beginning of mankind, this has been a pattern. I mean, you think about you when you were a baby. You learned really quickly that... You needed the people around you to like you for your survival. You needed your parents to pay attention to you when you cried. You needed your caretakers to feed you and change you when you needed those things done. We have been taught to depend on society liking us and approving of us and taking care of us from the time we were babies. It's like packed into us. And if you go even further past your childhood and you dig into your ancestry, well, then you really get a picture of tribal existence. People survived in tribes and being rejected from a tribe was suicide. So you did not buck your tribe. You did everything you could to keep your tribe happy with you, to show that you had value in your tribe. This is packed into us. So don't shame yourself for this need. Our brains, like right now, your brain is doing this, my, my brain is doing this. We are constantly protecting ourselves from being rejected. Constantly. We're wired to do this. And the way that you see this in, say, your family, is that I think one of the main ways that we continually stay focused 
on not being rejected from our family is we stay inside our roles. All of us have a role inside the family. You may be the host. You may be the peacemaker. You may be the entertainer. You may be the comedic relief. You may be the one that that strikes up difficult topics because that's just what you do. You know, we all have our roles inside a family and we know that we are the safest. We are the most protected. We feel the most valued when we show up in our role. And so when you're with your family, this is a subtle soundtrack going in the back of your mind as to how do I make sure that I stay protected? It's a, it's a subliminal thing. That's a better word for it. That's going on the whole time inside your brain that you're even unaware of. But it is what drives you to do the things that you do. It's what drives you to behave the way that you do. I've heard so many people say to me, I don't know why I can be so confident and so sure of myself and so on top of the way I think and the way I do my job and do my life and do my family when I'm not around my parents. But then you get me around my family and it's like I turn into a five-year-old. I have heard so many people say that. And I want you to know that's totally normal. Your brain is wired for you to think that way. It's a self-protective measure. We see this too with our friends. You know, it's the same thing. We are in a constant state of protection from being rejected. And I think with our friends, the way we do that is we try to make sure that we are being what our friends want and what our friends expect. And so it's kind of like a different role. You know, you have your family role, but you also now have friend roles. And have you noticed that there are different friend groups maybe that you belong to and how you behave differently in those groups, right? Like in one group, you're really silly and carefree, but then in another group, you're very leadership-like and very serious. Why is that? We show up to our friends as what we believe they want us to be and what we believe they're expecting us to be. And so if there's ever anything in us that wants to maybe not be those things, that protective ticking in our brain that has been there from the beginning of time, make sure that we remember that it's dangerous not to show up as we are expected, not to show up as the people around us would want us to show up. So this is constantly going on at family events, and this is constantly going on with our friendships too. And then there's this third category, this tribal society category. And I know that sounds kind of vague, but when I say tribe and when I say society, it is a vague term. And I, and I say that purposefully. And you might be like, well, why do we care like what people we don't even know think about us? Well, Studies show that actually we care a great deal what people who we don't even know think about us. Look at social media. We are constantly bombarded with people trying to portray an image of themselves or their business or their family or their marriage or their kids or blah, 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 all day long on social media to like a whole audience that doesn't even know them. Why is that? Why do we care so much about what society thinks of us? Why do we want to be accepted so badly? Well, 
I think it's because we have always belonged to some sort of tribe outside of our family unit, outside of our friendship unit. There is a bigger unit that all of us belong to. Now, our tribes may differ from each other, but all of us have one. For those of you who grew up in, in faith communities, in a very conservative, maybe evangelical camp, that's your tribe. That is your people. And so you have experienced that being your everyone, right? I'm reading um, the book, Follow Your True North, or Find Your True North. Maybe I quoted that wrong by Martha Beck. And she talks about how we all have an idea of what an everyone is. You know, when we say, well, everyone thinks this or everyone thinks that. Well, we all kind of have our own definition of what everyone may be. And so when I say tribe, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's who everyone feels like to you. Some people have found themselves in political tribes and maybe you grew up in a home that was very, very big on a certain political party and your family was very involved in politics or your friends were very involved in politics, your social groups, that was, that was your thing. So that would feel like your social group. That would feel like the everyone to you because that is the bigger tribe that you found yourself a part of. For me personally, my tribe has felt like the Christian tribe. I don't want to quite say evangelical because I I never really identified with that term, although maybe a lot of people would have lumped me in that years ago. Um, but this Christian tribe, you know, the, the Christian music scene. I loved, you know, listening to all the Christian music and I loved being involved in worship stuff. You know, there was that. And then there were all the church groups I was a part of. And then there was my ministry. And then there was my pastoring. And so I have landed, grown up in, been raised in, whatever you want to call it, that has been my tribe. So when I think tribe, those are the terms I think. Now, do we know all of the people in the tribes that we belong to? Of course not. We probably know a handful. But in our mind, that is who we feel we are portraying ourselves to on a daily basis. So when it comes to that that internal tick, to protect ourselves from being rejected in this category of the tribe that you belong to, of the society that you are in. We usually do this in a couple different ways. And the first one should not surprise you. It's social media. And if you don't believe me, if you think, oh my gosh, Anna, you are totally crazy. I totally just don't use social media to try to portray an image. Well, I'm going to call a big old bluff on that one because here's the deal. I cannot tell you how many posts I see on Facebook where someone is quoting Bible verses like all the time, like over and over, like you really want people to know that you're reading your Bible. And then there's the people who who are constantly pushing, pushing, pushing their marriage stuff. You know, like, oh, I went to this marriage conference. Or, oh, my marriage is this. Or, oh, my spouse is this. Blah, blah, blah. Great. But it's clear to me on the outside that you really, really want us to believe something about your marriage. Or your Bible reading. Or the church you go to that you talk about all the time. Or what have you. We use social media to cement our place in our tribe. And we don't even really know we're doing it. I'm totally guilty of this too. This is totally not me shaming any of you guys. We all do this. We all 
want to put up our best face in front of what we believe our tribe is. Can be it can be what we think is a shield to to maintain our status inside that group, to keep us acceptable, to keep us loved, accepted, all the things. Another way that we also keep ourselves safe from rejection inside of our tribe is we follow the status quo. We follow the tribe alliance. If the whole group believes in this thing, well, by God, I'm believing in that thing too. I don't want to be left out. If the whole group is going that direction, okay, we're switching gears. We are going that direction. No questions asked. We do this instinctively. That's why packs have historically survived together because there's usually one or two or three leaders of the pack and the pack just follows. They don't ask questions typically. They just don't want to be left behind. They don't want to be left out because we instinctively know that it is dangerous to not be in the group. It's how we're wired. Okay, so this is normal. It is normal to feel all of these things. You are wired to feel these things. Okay, so then why is this fear of rejection so bad? Why do we want to get rid of it so badly? I will tell you why. At some point in your life, you start tapping into an inner knowing. For me, I I have identified with Bible and scripture terminology my whole life because I've grown up in it. And that verse that talks about that still quiet voice, nothing describes it better to me than that. There is a still quiet knowing that I can tap into inside of myself if I really listen, if I'm really still. And that knowing doesn't always line up with my family group, with my friend group, or with my tribe. And I think the older you get and the more you're able to recognize your inner knowing, still still quiet voice or whatever you want to label it. I know someone that calls it Sebastian. You do you. Whatever works for you. <laughs> but that still inner divine place. There will come a time in your life, probably more than not, where you're going to run into this tension between that voice and this need to protect yourself from being rejected. And that's really where I want to center this talk on is that space right there. Because I think that the quality of your life and your relationships and your purpose and your passions and your creativity and all the things that you want out of life and that you should want out of life stem from what you do inside this tension. I sincerely believe that. And so as we move on to this next part of what I'm about to talk about, kind of think about maybe a time in your life where, and it may be recently because I don't know if you're like me, you feel this tension often. Um, Maybe think of a scenario or a situation where you have run into that tension. It's not a comfortable place. So you'd probably recognize it. So what do we do when we experience that tension? And if and if you're wondering, okay, wait a second, how do I really know that I'm experiencing that tension? Well, all of us probably have some of the same symptoms of this tension, although they may differ a bit. 
For me, I get extremely anxious. And I mean anxiety to the 10th degree. When I feel that tension between my inner voice, believing, speaking, thinking, wanting something, and knowing that if I were to listen to it or press into it, that it would cost me my acceptance from either my family or my friends or my tribe. That feeling, that space right there, the tension between those two things gives me tons of anxiety. And when I say tons of anxiety, I mean like my face gets hot, my, my heart, my chest gets tight, I, I feel like I can't swallow, I get nauseous, I get shaky, sometimes even my teeth chatter if it's really, really intense. Um, a whole lot of anxiety. And after all that anxiety passes, like I'm drained. Like you would have thought that I stayed up for four nights in a row because like my, my mental capacity is just tanked. Like I am tanked. That tension is real. Like it's intense. So maybe you are experiencing these symptoms and you didn't know what they were tied to. Possibly they're tied to this tension. Dig into that. Think about that. But I'm going to give you three steps to do when you find yourself in that space, in that, in that tension place. Step one is to simply recognize it. I cannot tell you how much relief comes when you're simply able to identify why you are feeling those feelings. This happened for me recently. I I was in the middle of a conversation and I started to feel the conversation heading away that I didn't really want it to go because I knew if it went that way, then I would have to speak my truth in defense of myself because the conversation was kind of starting to lean towards that way where I was feeling like, this is where Anna becomes a doormat, right? Like that is the role I usually play here. And I'm really, really, really been doing a lot of work in that area to where I'm able to, it's weird. Like I can defend any of you guys. Like if anybody came after you guys or my friends or my family or truthfully people, I don't even know if I see somebody being mistreated or bullied or put on the outside or not heard or listened to. I mean, I'm like a tiger. Like this thing comes out of me like, Oh heck to the no. And I'm like all over that. But I have a really hard time doing that for myself. And so I've been trying to be aware of that and trying to work on that. So this conversation recently, it was headed that road where I knew, I knew the normal Anna is to lay down and take it, be the doormat, blah, blah, blah. And I started feeling that tension of my inner voice, my truth saying, no, Anna, this is where you stand up and you say no, and you speak what is actually truthful. Well, because that's not normal for me, and that means I'm probably about to, about ready to get rejected, that I felt that tension, right? Okay. So when I started feeling that, like, my chest getting tight, and I started feeling like I was going to throw up, I went, oh, wait a second. I know what this is. Whereas before, before I was aware of this pattern, I would have just been, like, freaking out because... This person's making me feel blah, 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 blah. And it would all have been their fault, right? Instead of just recognizing, no, this has nothing to do with that person. This has everything to do with an inner battle inside of me that I have complete control over. Nobody has control over your inside space other than you. 
truthfully. Nobody gets to walk on that holy ground other than you and the divine. End of story. And so now that I recognize that, in that moment, I was able to pause. Mind you, I'm still feeling terribly like I'm going to like throw up. But I was able to pause for a moment and catch my breath and go, I know what this is. This is because I'm scared of being rejected. So step one, recognize it makes a huge difference. Step two, get okay with being uncomfortable. And you know what? I think this should just be like a new bumper sticker that I have on my car these days because I feel like my life now is a daily practice. What is your spiritual practice, Anna? Oh, my spiritual practice is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Like that is, <laughs> that is the camp I'm in right now. I just feel like this applies to so many things, but in this particular context, it applies to the tension. The tension between being accepted or being rejected. That tension. Get okay with being uncomfortable. Listen, your brain is hardwired to protect you. It's doing its job. It's a self-protective measure trying to keep you approved of, keep you accepted because history behind you, ancestry behind you has pre-wired your brain To protect itself, it's a good thing. So recognize it. Get comfortable with it. Just deal with it. You're going to feel uncomfortable any time this tension is in play. You just are. So when you're able to say, I can do hard things, including being uncomfortable. When you're able to settle yourself, even if it's just for like 15 seconds, that's a huge victory. And not only that, but it gives your brain a second to breathe and resettle and go inward and find that voice again. Okay. Which leads me to step three. Decide who you are going to give your power to. Oh, such a good one, isn't it? Like, I just like even saying that kind of gets me all like fired up just saying it. Decide who you're going to give your power to. Well, okay. So you're in this tension tension place, right? You're in this moment, in this dialogue or decision-making moment. Maybe you're not even talking to the person, but you're about to make a decision and you feel that tension because you're like, oh my God, if I do this, these people will completely reject me or however you would envision it playing out. So you're in this place who are you going to give your power to? Are you going to give it to the family member that you're thinking of? who has never supported anything you've done? Are you, are you going to give Uncle George, who's grumpy and like a Debbie Downer on anything anyone tries to do in life and just wants to be a party pooper, are you going to give him power? Are you going to give your friends power? Like your friends, who truly you have the ability to make new ones if you need to. They are free to come and go if that is what they would choose there are plenty more to pick from. Are you going to give your friends the power? Or are you going to give society who you've never even met? Are you going to give this tribe of quote unquote everybody's who represents lots of faces that you don't know that well? Are they going to get all of your power? When you step back and you think about it in those terms, it's like, wait a second. What am I doing? Who are all these people that I am just giving my power to. 
Are you going to give it to those people or are you going to give the power to that still small voice inside? What if that's what got the power instead? You know, this is something I sincerely wish someone had told me about years ago. Years ago. I cannot tell you the amount of sleepless nights, the amount of crying, the amount of ice cream eating, the amount of panic attacks and stressful, stressful days that I spent praying and fasting and freaking out. When all I needed to know was that this was normal and that I had the power to choose who got the say-so in it. I so wish someone would have told me what I'm telling you, which is why I just can't even talk about this enough. It just makes me so fired up and angry and passionate and all the things all wrapped up in one because you need to know this stuff because you should not live freaked out by other people's opinions. You just shouldn't. No way to live. Okay, so moving on. If you choose to give that still small voice the power, which I will cheer you on if you even do that like an eighth of the time, because let's be honest, I get it. It's tense. It's a power struggle. I get it. And we give in to the other voices way more often than we give in to the right voice. I get that. So in the moments that you are able to choose to speak your truth from your inner knowing, from that holy, sacred place inside of you, when you choose to step into those shoes and rejection comes, because it will. There are four things that I want you to like tuck into your tool belt to use and hold on to that I think are really going to help. Okay. Some of this echoes what we just talked about. The first thing is you've got to expect to be uncomfortable. You just have to go in expecting that. You know, when I said before, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Okay. That's like part of it. But this, when you choose to step into those shoes, when you choose to speak your truth, expect it to be uncomfortable. Just go in knowing. The other day, um, I had, it's funny, these are happening often for me right now. I've got tons of examples to use here. The other day, I was having a rather tense conversation on my end. Of course, this person had no idea of the inner, like, battle I was going through, right? Like, all the things we're talking about, I was, like, in real time feeling. And I am just like, like breathing my way through. I feel like I'm like back in Lamaze class or something, right? And the moment comes, right? The climactic moment comes where Anna has the floor and Anna is ready to deliver her truth. And she does it, right? Like, I swear to God, angels were singing from heaven. It was amazing. I spoke my truth in kindness. I spoke it in love. I was like totally winning, And as the words were coming out of my mouth, this truth settled inside of me. And I'm sure it came from that still small voice, right? Like I know that it was just totally connecting with me. And it's like God said to me, okay, 
expect this to land weird. Like expect after you're done talking for the room to feel uncomfortable. Expect it. That, that's part of the deal. And so as I'm giving my delivery, as I'm talking, as I'm responding, I was expecting a really uncomfortable tense response. And I got one. I was not let down. I got one. But the, the thing is, though, is if you go in knowing that, if you go in expecting that that's normal, because you're not being what they've always been used to you being, or you're saying something they're not used to hearing you say, or you're now stepping out of a role that they're used to seeing you in. None of those things are bad, but they can be awkward and they can be a bit uncomfortable. Just expect it. And it just brought a huge amount of relief for me. Like, a huge amount of relief. They acted uncomfortable. I was like, okay, I expected that. And we moved on. Like, none of us died. The earth did not open up and swallow us whole. Like, none of us died. We lived. The conversation moved on. But I was able to stand on my own two feet. And that was a really big deal. Okay, step one, expect to be uncomfortable. Then step two, after the dust settles, after it's over, right, go to your safe place. And and that sounds like a storm shelter sign. Like, I feel like we're back in elementary school. It's like the sirens are going, go to your safe place. Truthfully, though, it's like that. Go to your storm shelter, whatever that looks like. For as many people as you just immediately want to rattle off at me that would reject you for your truth or your voice or your decisions, I bet you there's at least one or two who wouldn't. And you might say, oh, well, that's my spouse. They totally don't count. Or, well, that's my best friend. I mean, she would support me if I jumped off a cliff. Oh, okay. Guess what? That's your safe place. Those are your safe places. Those are the people you go to after you do this stuff. After you have your brave moment, go to your storm shelter with those people and decompress. And if it's not a friend, not a spouse, maybe it's a support group you're a part of, or maybe it's a support group you need to find. Like some of you could benefit from a really good support group. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's an online group that you're a part of. I've, I've mentioned this before. Our Facebook group um, for this podcast has become that. It's become this safe space where people are free to kind of come for comfort and they can express thoughts and ideas that they're terrified to say anywhere else. So even if it's an online group that you have, go to that place. That's what community really is supposed to be. And unfortunately, a lot of us, you and me and a lot of other people listening to this podcast, their communities have not felt like storm shelters. They have not felt like safe places. So it's like we have to re-educate ourselves on what this idea of community really is supposed to be about. Community is anywhere where you feel safe to speak your truth, whatever that truth looks like. Even if you've spoken a different truth for like decades and then all of a sudden you show up with a new one, a community is one where you're safe to do that. You're safe to grow and evolve and change and and question and think and doubt and be scared and all the things that life inevitably are going to bring you. A community is one where you're safe to feel and experience and go through all of that with. So if it's not a friend, not a spouse, not a support group, 
maybe you find that space online. We are in like an amazing point in history where we have access to like so many people. <laughs> like, you know, you think about not even that many um, generations before us. Like you think about their reach of community like did not go I mean, not even an inch of how far our reach can go. So take advantage of that. Find safe people. It's a big deal. Okay. Go to your safe place. Find your affirmation there. Find your courage there. Find your comfort there. You're going to need a high five. Like brothers and sisters, friends, seriously. When you speak your truth, you're going to need some high fives. You're going to need some attaboys, girls. like hug it out things. You're going to need that. Go to your storm shelter, your safe place, go there. Number three, this comes in after you've gotten your pats on the back, after your your support group, even if it's one or two people, have like comforted you, made you feel good, praised you, given you a little cookie for all the good things you did, right? This sneaks in after. For me, this usually happens as I'm going to sleep that night. Like I feel really proud, really bold, really courageous. And then I go to bed and I'm drifting off to sleep. And then all of these thoughts bombard me like a freight train. They're the thoughts that make me want to somehow win that person's approval back or that community's approval back. So step three would be refuse the desire to try to regain their approval. Oh my gosh, this is hard. And I'm not even going to pretend that this is easy because it's not. This is where we dig deep. Friends are great. Spouses, if you have a good one, are great. Communities, if you have good ones, are great. But at the end of the day, when there's no one but you, this is where you go inward and you fight hard. And when I say that, I mean that inner sacred place. This is where I connect with God. You know, I I know some people... And we've even talked about this in the Facebook group, you know, some people connect with God through nature. Some people connect with God through a worship service at their church. Some people connect with God through daily devotions they read. For me, I journal a lot. That's been a a lifeline for me, but I also, I know how to sit really still and I know how to like plug into the flow. And if that sounds too woo-woo for you, let me like break it down another way. When I say plug into the flow, I mean, I know how to tap in to God's voice. Now, I don't do it so well if I'm really busy. I don't do it so well if I'm around a lot of people or a lot of noise. There really is something to making yourself be alone and making yourself be still. For some of you, that's a scary place because that's where all the ugly thoughts happen. That's where all the scary, dark thoughts happen. And I get that. I have walked a lot of that. I've walked a lot of sadness. I've walked a lot of rejection. I've walked a lot of grief, a lot of anger. And when I'm still, those like to bubble up to the surface. I get that. But in that sea, 
of thoughts, there is a thread that's a divine current. And if you catch it and you plug into it, all is well. And that may sound like such a like way too easy answer, but even if it's just for like a minute or two of your soul being quieted and of your brain stopping and being at peace, it's a game changer. I think this is where real strength comes from. You know, you see people that are surrounded by like loads of people who praise them and and what feels like this huge group of friends or family or whatever you see that you feel they have and you don't. And you just imagine, wow, no wonder they're so strong. No wonder they're so brave. Look at all the support they have. I'm sorry, you can have all the support in the world and still be the most unhappy, depressed, insecure, terrified person. It's true. You really can. That's why we see celebrities committing suicide. I mean, they have what we would consider loads of support and loads of people that praise them. And even they have a darkness they can't quiet. And so I understand those scary places in your head. I get it. And I get that when you have been brave and when you have spoken your truth and when you have been rejected for it, that's when those can creep in. And so for me, that's when I put on my boots and I go deep. Like I dig deep and I sit until I connect. And sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes I have to sit there for a bit, but I sit until I connect. And when I connect to that voice, I am like, teach me Yoda all the things. Like that's how I show up. I'm like, I know nothing. You know everything. Teach me all the things. And in that space, I hear everything I need to know, like everything. And so my fears are quieted. My insecurities are put at ease. My sadness is comforted. And I'm able to be at peace. Now, that doesn't mean like, you know, two hours later, (laughs) I'm still in that place. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I have to go through these steps again where I go right back to expecting to be uncomfortable and I go right back to my safe place and then I go right back to trying to remove that desire to earn those people's approval. For me, the only way that I know how to remove that desire is to go inward, to be still, to connect. That's where I find my value. And when I find my value, I'm relieved of needing someone else to value me. Moving on to step four, it's just to own it. Like after you've made that decision, after you've made that statement, after you have spoken your truth or, you know, displayed your truth, whatever it may be, you own it. Like you hold your head high and you own it. And you know that phrase, fake it till you make it? I think it applies in this space because let me just say, I know what it's like to walk into a a room full of people that think that I have just like handed my salvation down the river, who believe that I fell from grace and now God wants nothing to do with me. They need to pray for my soul. And in my truth, in my soul, I know, oh no, sister, I am right where I need to be. This is the path that God has set for me and I'm walking on it. 
I know what it feels like to be owning your truth and have everyone around you. And I say everyone lightly. I know it's really not everyone. But in my mind, in those moments, it feels like everyone. Literally, like, rejecting you, snubbing their noses at you, what have you. I know that feeling. I've walked it. And in those moments, you have two options. You can cower. You can be the doormat. You can just hide and become a wallflower. I've tried that. Or I personally like this approach better. You put your head up as high as it goes and you own the snot out of it. And you walk with your head high because you know that you're right where you're supposed to be and that they can't do anything about it because they don't have the power. You have to remind yourself in those moments who has the power. It's like you got to go back to that and say, okay, who am I giving power here? The naysayers, the haters, are they going to get the power today? I don't think so. Or is my still small voice inside of me getting the power? Yeah, we're going to we're going to land there and I'm going to own this thing. And you may have to fake it for a little bit until you like buy into it because at first it's 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 not your initial reaction to want to do that. But if you can muster up the courage to own it, even if it's for 10 minutes and then you bow out early, oh my gosh, it goes such a long way. And you know what happens? They really do lose their power. It's weird. It's like if you cower, it almost just encourages the rejection even more. It like invites that, that, that like thing in the air, if you will, to, to be around you, this rejection thing. But if you own it, if you own your truth and you own your place, it diffuses it. And then people kind of like move on. It's, it's fascinating to watch. So own it. Own it. I know that rejection isn't easy. I know that we all struggle with it. And let me just tell you that you have a still small voice inside you. You do. And when you're still and quiet, you know what it says. You know what it thinks. You know the right path for you. You know the decisions you need to make. No one knows them other than you and that voice. You and God. That's it. And when you are able to follow that, when you're able to just embrace that, your relationships get better even if it means getting rid of some that aren't good and embracing ones that are good, your relationships get better. Your purpose in life becomes really clear. The next step for you becomes like really obvious. Like everything kind of starts to click into place. So my friends, I'm going to leave you with these steps again to recognize it. When you feel that tension, When you feel the tension between your truth and the need to protect yourself from being rejected, recognize it. Get okay with the discomfort of it. Decide who you're going to give your power to. And then when you do speak your truth, when you're able to stand in that space, expect to be uncomfortable. Run to your safe place. Refuse that desire to try to earn people's approval and own it. My friends, you have a beautiful story. You have a beautiful journey and you have the God of the whole universe backing you up. And there is nothing more powerful than a person who is connected to that flow, who's connected to that still, still voice inside them and who is brave enough 
to follow where it leads, even if it leads them away from the pack. Those that do that are some great, great people. And you tend to find a new tribe. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, or if there's something you would like me to talk about on this show that maybe I haven't covered yet, send me the stuff. Send me your questions. I would love to hear your feedback and hear anything that you would like me to discuss. You can reach me through my website, just at jesusfollower.com. There's a contact link on that website. You can shoot me an email that way. You can also find me on Instagram. Send me a DM. I respond to all of my messages there. I love hearing from you. It's like a highlight in my day. I love hearing from you. So you can reach out to me that way. And as I have said throughout this podcast and said before, if you need a safe space, if you need a group where you feel like you can be heard and you can have a voice and you won't be shamed for it or rejected for it, I encourage you to check out our Facebook group. It's a great group. There are great people inside of there and there's a wonderful community forming. You can find that group um, by opting in on my website, just to jesusfollower.com backslash podcast backslash podcast group. Or you can search for the Behind the Mirror of Christianity Facebook group on Facebook. You can find us there also. And I will say this again. If you find this encouraging, if you find this meaningful, share this with a friend. Share it with people who you believe could benefit from it and support us by going to iTunes and rating and reviewing. I love the reviews. They're super encouraging to read. So rate, review. It really does mean a lot to the people that work on this, to myself that pours myself into this. It means a lot. So thank you for spending your time here. I know that you have a lot of places you could spend it, and it means the world to me that you would spend it here. So I look forward to connecting with you next week, and I look forward to connecting with you in other ways also. So come find me. See you next week. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.